If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. That commercial always sounds like the Micro Machines guy from the 1980s, but uh, or the or the early 90s. I don't know. Uh, we have got a great guest. We are going to be talking to here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy here in just a few moments. Uh, she is fantastic, and uh, she recently uh, pulled something off. She scored a legal victory. Which is uh, very rare anymore for the uh, for the average person to score a legal victory, uh, and even better against a California school district for abusive COVID conduct. And Leslie Mooneykin is with us. She is a key organizer who guided and galvanized the parents to victory. Leslie, welcome to the big program. I apologize for butchering your last name. I'm sure that I probably did. <laughs> <laughs> No worries. It's a lot of vowels, James, I guess. <laughs> You're not the first. So, uh, so um, Leslie... It is ma- just so you know, it's Manukian. It's Manukian. actually very phonetic. That is yes. awesome. I'm going to write that down. Manukian. I love that. So, so Leslie, tell us a little bit about this uh, legal victory that you, that you got recently. Yeah, so we, um, we have helped uh, the employees at the Los Angeles Unified School District, which is the second largest school district in the United States to sue the school district over their violations of their religious freedoms, their privacy rights, and their right to not be discriminated against. And um, we've had to do this twice because the first time that we sued, they were mandating the emergency use authorized shot. And thankfully, the school districts backed down the day after we filed the lawsuit. But they represented to the court when that case got to the court saying that they were not intending to implement a mandate, that they had no plans for a mandate, that there was no mandate. They claimed all these, um, made all these claims to the court. And you know what? They were lies. Because 17 days after the judge dismissed the case, um, she, uh, they implemented a vaccine mandate for all employees at Los Angeles Unified School wow. District. And then what they did was they fired... 500 staff, and then they have forcibly retired or put on unpaid leave more than a five more than 500 others. So over a thousand people have been fired or displaced because they don't want to inject themselves with an experimental medical product that doesn't even do what it's supposed to do. And so it's outrageous. And um, we uh, we um, we won a victory, but I'll tell you about that in a second. That's the background to the case, James. Well, we have got a fantastic guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big, big broadcast. Scored a legal victory against California School District for abusive COVID conduct. The fabulous Leslie Manukian is with us. She is a key organizer who guided and galvanized the parents to victory. Uh, this is absolutely amazing. She is the president and founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund, which is HFDF, a nonprofit which seeks to rectify health injustice through education, advocacy, and legal challenges to unjust mandates, laws, and policies that undermine our health freedoms and human rights. So go on, my friend. Uh, tell us a little bit more here. So basically, LAUSD decided that they were going to force these shots on their staff. So basically make these people choose to either put food on the table or follow their conscience or their medical needs. Um, LAUSD just dismissed them. And this was all after the CDC issued new guidance on July 27th of 2021 stating that the shots don't stop transmission or infection. That's so important because from that day forward, you know that there is zero public health justification for any kind of a mandate. Because if they don't stop transmission and they don't stop um, infection, then it's a personal matter, like taking an aspirin or whatever you take to use 
whatever you choose to use when you're sick or to prevent you from getting sick. And what happened was LAUSD not only wanted to force these people to get the shot, but they also wanted to claim that the lawsuit was frivolous and get us to pay their legal fees. (laughs) They wanted us to pay $209,000 in legal fees for them. And um, they claimed that the lawsuit protecting the the employees' um, constitutionally protected rights was frivolous in order to demand legal fees. And we, of course, fought back. And the judge sided with us and said, um, in, literally, the judge only wrote one line in issuing her denial of the motion. She said, for reasons explained by plaintiffs, motion denied. That was it. There was no flavor. There was no expounding. It was just like a smackdown. No, you're not going to uh, fire all these people, dislocate them, you know, put them out, um, put them out to pasture, essentially, and then try and make them pay attorney's fees. That's outrageous. So that was the first step of the process. Now, we are, um, we lost at the district level, which is why they were trying to get attorney's fees out of us. And also because we believe that they wanted to go for attorney's fees to try and bully us into backing down from appealing. And the reason that we're appealing is because the court erred in the way that it um, came to its conclusion. It's supposed to allow us to, um, it's supposed to consider anything that we have pled um, as true and also to draw all reasonable references in our favor. And the court didn't do that. And also the court has to decide whether or not there's any possibility that we will prevail. And the answer is yes, but the court ignored that. And so what happened was, um, have you ever heard of a a lawsuit from 1905 called Jacobson versus Massachusetts? No, I have not. Explain that a little bit more to us. Yeah. So it's a really important lawsuit because it's a lawsuit that went all the way to the Supreme Court. And it was, um, it was, um, filed by an attorney, uh, no, not an attorney, a pastor, named Jacobson. Jacobson, someone in his family or he himself had had a reaction, a bad reaction to a smallpox vaccine or another shot and said, I don't want to get any more shots. And what happened was Cambridge, Massachusetts mandated the smallpox vaccine and he sued and said, I'm not taking it. And the, the lawsuit went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ultimately ruled that in a very special situation where you've got an extreme danger, such as smallpox with a a death rate of 30 to 40 percent of cases and a vaccine that is known to be effective and safe, then the shot could be mandated or people who didn't want to take it could choose to pay a fine. It didn't say that the government could forcibly vaccinate you, didn't say that you, they could take you to the doctor and forcibly plunge a needle into your arm. It said in a very rare instance, the, uh, a city or a county might have an interest in mandating a, a safe and effective product or finding those who didn't want to comply. But this lawsuit is being used as justification to mandate COVID shots. Now, I'm assuming um, it's pretty clear that smallpox and COVID are extremely different you know, disparate cases, right? Yeah. We know that, you know, we know that in, in COVID, you've got a 1% case fatality rate. That's the truth. And we've known that since the very beginning. Um, and on top of that, we know that the shots don't stop transmission or infection. They're not efficacious. And we have a, a mountain of data that they're not, they're not safe either. And so you can't use Jacobson to justify their mandate, but that's what they've done. And so, we're suing because we want the courts to actually rectify a, um, a um, to reconcile disparate jurisprudence over the last 50 years, which I can explain. Go ahead and do that, my friend, because you are on fire. <laughs> I don't want to get in your way. Go ahead, my friend. Okay, so, so basically what happened was the LAUSD and lots of other cities and states and businesses are using this Jacobson lawsuit as their justification, even though Jacobson clearly does not apply, okay? But they've invoked Jacobson. The problem is, not only does it not apply, but it's worse than that. Because since the 1950s, so after World War II, our appreciation for and protection of privacy and individual rights 
has been codified in law and in legal rulings on a level that we had never seen before. And so much so that the Supreme Court has actually stated that bodily autonomy is amongst our most sacred of human rights. And so what happened was you had the Nuremberg Code after the Nuremberg trials, which said that you cannot experiment on human beings without prior voluntary informed consent. So that was in the, when was it, like late 40s, I think it was 48, somewhere around there. And then you had the Helsinki Declaration in the 1960s, which took that further. And then you had the UNESCO Declaration on um, Bioethics and Human Rights, which said that the the practice of ethical medicine requires volunteer, prior voluntary informed consent. So you've got all these international treaties that rec- recognize that we have the right to bodily autonomy and that you cannot force medications on a human being. But in the United States, there have been several Supreme Court cases. One was called Cruzon um, versus Connecticut. And in this case, um, you won't believe this, James, but this case was all about a couple in Connecticut who wanted to use contraception, a condom, literally. And they had to sue the state of Connecticut because it was illegal at the time. And the Supreme Court said, you know, hang on. We all have a zone of privacy around us into which the state cannot intrude. And we are not going to, the state is not going to be going in and policing whether or not people use condoms in their bedrooms. <laughs> it's laughable now, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it cracks me up that this actually went to the Supreme Court, but it did. And then you have another one um, called Glucksburg. Um, and that one was about the right to die. And then there was another one in 1990, which was Cruzon versus director of um, a hospital in Missouri. And this went to the Supreme Court. And it was the right to refuse unwanted medical treatment, even if it could save your life. So you've got all this jurisprudence post-World War II that says you have a right to privacy, you have a right to bodily autonomy, you have a right to refuse unwanted medical treatment, you have a right to refuse um, medical treatment that could be life-extending or life-saving, and yet you've got Jacobson still out there. And so what needs to happen is the courts must reconcile these disparate rulings. And the, the judge in our first case at the district court said that she felt it was for a higher court than hers to actually adjudicate that disparity. And so that is why we are appealing and why we are very, very optimistic that we will actually win at the appeal and the case will be sent back to the district court so that we can get to deposition, um, to continue depositions and to get to discovery and then hopefully get to trial where we can expose all of this in the courts for the permanent record. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast Leslie is with us. Uh, she joins us live. So, Leslie, what does your organization do exactly? Give us a little bit more details on this. Sure. So, I founded Health Freedom Defense Fund in order to educate people about their rights because I think we've gotten to a place in this country where people don't even know what their rights are. I mean, I'll, I'll give a speech in front of a few hundred people and ask the audience, how many of you have read the Declaration of Independence? How many of you have read the Constitution? How many of you have read the Bill of Rights? And it's less than 20%. Yes. Always, right? It's regularly less than 20%. And so one of the reasons I founded Health Freedom Defense Fund was to help educate people about their rights, because if you don't know what your rights are, you can't stand up for them. So we educate them about their rights, then we give them ways and resources for them to advocate for their rights. And when governments and businesses intrude onto their rights, we litigate to protect their rights when necessary. So in the last two and a half years, we've filed over 12 lawsuits protecting people's rights. We've sued the Biden administration three times, once over the travel mask mandate, which, as you probably know, we won. So Health Freedom Defense Fund, and you can find us at healthfreedomdefense.org, is the um, organization responsible for filing the lawsuit which halted the federal travel mask mandate, meaning that if you were a commuter on a train or a bus or you were flying on an airplane, you had to wear a mask um, once uh, the CDC issued their rule after Joe Biden took took presidency. And um, ever since we filed that lawsuit and won, you don't have to do that anymore. So we litigate when we have to. 
we've filed two other lawsuits against the Biden administration. One of them was on behalf of over 30,000 airline or transportation employees who were federal contractors or subcontractors and were being told that they had to get the shot by executive order, according to President Biden. And then the other one was another um, mandate by the um, uh, president that all federal employees must receive the COVID shot. And so we filed that with um, on behalf of 6,000 federal employees. And both of those lawsuits have been related to other lawsuits, which argued the same things, but they were slightly ahead of us. And so we've been upheld on the merits and won both of those cases essentially, um, you know, by default. So we, we educate, we advocate, and we litigate when necessary so that we can keep our, I think it's, you know, it's hard to actually really say this, but to defend our rights, but also to make people, um, including businesses and governments, recognize that these rights are ours and that they can't be taken away. That's the real issue, right, is that we're being, um, our rights are being undermined um, on a regular basis. And if we don't educate ourselves and don't stand up for them and then litigate when necessary, we're going to lose them all. And so that's what our, our true objectives are and why we fight for every American to be free to make their own choices about their body and their health. Um, according to their conscience and their medical needs and their wishes. Fantastic. Well, Leslie, I really appreciate you making time. I definitely want to have you back when we have a little bit more time because you are amazing and uh, such a great speaker and everything. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day, my friend. You too. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Appreciate it. There she goes. That's Leslie Manukin. And uh, we are going to go to Roger Homefield, who is going to join us here on the old Skippa Skypa. Oh, the Skippa Skypa. If I can find it. There we are. Okay. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are back live Michael Letts with us today. He is the founder, president, and CEO of Invest USA, a national grassroots nonprofit organization. They are helping hundreds of communities provide thousands of bulletproof vests for their police forces through educational, public relations, sponsorship, and fundraising programs. And he joins us this week here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So, Michael, uh, talk to us a little bit about the troubled FBI Bureau and what could come next for these folks? Well, I will tell you, there's an awful lot to talk about, James. Yes. Let me let me tell you, uh, this has been going on for decades. But it has got to the point now, it was weaponized and politicized. We've gone the extra mile now, and now we've gone to the point where we're actually having agencies committing polonious acts. And you can't have the top law enforcement agency in the country committing felonies and not being held accountable. And that's where we're at right now. I mean, what's the most current thing that they're doing? Well, Congress has a constitutional direction, authority, to oversee the agencies, to hold accountable the agencies for which they provide funding to. That's all they're doing now, especially after all the accusations that are coming out against the FBI. They want to know how they're spending your and I tax dollars. And quite frankly, James, uh, for the FBI director, Christopher Wray, to refuse to cooperate shows an arrogancy above the law. And uh, it just simply cannot be tolerated. We have got Michael Letts with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. So talk to us a little bit about the transparency over there at the FBI. Well, actually, the transparency doesn't exist. That's the problem, is they have blocked any transparency. And uh, they've done it for years. Let's give a few examples so that your listeners will understand this is not just hearsay or this is not a person's opinion. Some of the most recent things that they've heard. When it came to uh, Russiagate with the Trump administration, Here's how the process works. If a complaint is made, one first has to determine if any laws have been violated. 
So in this particular incident, a complaint was made by the DNC and by Hillary Clinton that President Trump, or candidate Trump at the time, was in collusion with the Russians. So then once they accepted, and that is, quite frankly, uh, a felony. So they then decided, okay, so there is, the charge is felonious, so how do we prove whether there's any substantiation to it or not? They went to the next stage, which is a cursory overview, just to see is there any evidence before we open a full-scale investigation. Here's what happened in the cursory overview. They found out not only was the information unsubstantiated, they actually found out it was false. What should have happened? Once the information is deemed false, it should have immediately been discharged, case uh, closed, moved on. But no, what did the FBI do? They took that false information, presented it as truth to the FISA court, obtained warrants, and moved forward. We all know what happened from there, according to the Durham report. Here's the problem, James. That is felonious activity. That's not a misdemeanor. That's not a traffic ticket. That's obstruction of justice, abusive process. That's a felony. So you now have your top agency committing felonies. It's not just that they've been weaponized to go after people that they don't like. Now they're committing felonies. The only person above the FBI is the Department of Justice. We know right now we have our U.S. Attorney General, Merrick Garland, who is testified under oath before Congress that he would in no way involve himself with the investigation into the Bidens, Joe or Hunter, and that he would allow that to an independent prosecutor out of Delaware. We now know, based on whistleblowers from the IRS and others, that those teams that were put together to do the investigation, once they were concluding that crimes had been committed, felonies, not, not misdemeanors, felonies, Merrick Garland ordered their disbandment and delayed that, that investigation. That's lying to Congress. What is lying to Congress? That's obstruction of justice, and that's contempt of Congress. Same thing you're now finding out with Christopher Ray. So when your top law enforcement agencies in the country feel like they can commit felonies and not be held accountable, we've got a real problem, James. We have got Michael Letts with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, talking a little bit about uh, the FBI. So what's at stake for the Biden administration? Well, it's all come crashing down. Here's where we're at. Is The Biden administration has been bought and paid for by the Communist Chinese Party for decades, for some time. We now see we have evidence of 15 million plus and, and going upwards every day of payments received through various uh, funnel corporations, paper corporations, uh, that were given to Joe. Yes, he received money himself as vice president, Hunter, and others. And what did they re receive in return? What product did they get? No, they didn't get a new car. They didn't get this or that. The only thing we can provide the service, uh, we can determine what services were provided, is access to national security materials and input to policy decisions by the Obama administration. That's treason. And because of that, they have been able to allow the Chinese to establish themselves in all kind of areas to destroy the American way of life from being the primary exporter of fentanyl through our open borders. Remember, it's hard, much harder on the drug cartels and human trafficking to be successful if they have closed borders. But no, the Biden administration wants open borders because they're fulfilling a favor being asked by China to make it easier for them to do their nefarious activities and destroy human and teenage young people in America. They've also allowed the Chinese for electronic espionage. You say, well, we shot that balloon down. We, we waited till after they had received and retrieved all the sensitive information over various military installations across the country. So they're calling in a favor there. They have uh, various police stations gathering intel all across the country that are illegal and against national sovereignty that have not been challenged and not been closed down by the Biden administration. So your question, what's going on to the Biden administration? As more and more corruption is exposed, then we have to deal with a solution. What is the solution if the only people that you typically go to are their top law enforcement agencies to uphold the law and no longer trusted? We have to go to the only agency that we have left. That's the Department of Defense or the military. It's time for a military tribunal. What is a military tribunal? It is not conducted by senior grade officers or your four-star generals, those who are politicized. It is conducted as a jury of junior officers, captains, majors, colonels, 
who have actually been in combat, who know the experience, who knows what freedom costs and the value that it stands to protect it, they look at the evidence, and the evidence is very clear. They make a determination if a violation of judicial law has occurred, and then they determine what the penalties for such should be based on what that law says. And here's the great part about it, James. They don't send it over to the Department of Justice with a recommendation. The military implements the uh, punishment that should be doled out. And so we can get this thing wrapped up quickly if we'll move forward to a military tribunal. We have got a great guest with us today. Michael Letts joins us here on our big, big broadcast. So talk to us a little bit about how this tribunal would work. Well, what happens to the tribunal, it is provided under the Constitution. The Constitution provides for a military tribunal. Now, people need to understand there are two different kind of military courts. There's a military court-martial court, which deals only with those in uniform. Then the Constitution provides that our commander-in-chief can establish a military tribunal to try and to hold accountable those who would jeopardize national security, be they civilian, be they military, be they uh, commander-in-chief, whatever they may be. Well, in this particular case, we know our national security has been compromised by the open border policy, by the national security classification documents that have been kept in his garage by his Corvette, among other things, with Hunter Biden having complete access to bring the Chinese cohorts over to review whatever material is necessary. So it is time to implement a military tribunal. Now you say, yeah, but the commander-in-chief's not going to do that against himself. Fortunately, under the War Powers Act, which was done shortly after we became a country, it also empowers Congress, starting with the House of Representatives, the Speaker of the House, to establish a war military war tribunal as well. It's time that those in Congress, especially those who say they're conservative and Republicans, to show that backbone they're saying they have, bring together a military tribunal, and let's get this matter resolved. We have got Michael Letts with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So a lot of people believe that history could be repeating itself. What do you think about this? Well, I agree with the whole Harley, Jane, and here's why. I just told you about the military tribunal. You say, well, what if I don't want to do the military tribunal? Is there any other option for America? Yes, the same option was taken 250 years ago. There's an American Revolution. One way or another, we cannot stand back and allow 250 years of a system established under our Constitution that has worked brilliantly up to this point to be eradicated and destroyed by those with leftist, communist, socialist, idealistic policies. And so, and the reason why we can't do that is because it's wrong. You can't have a two-tier justice system. You can't have top law enforcement agencies committing felony. You can't have your commander-in-chief accepting bribes to give away national security secrets. They have to be held accountable. We, In fact, that's one of the key problems with our country, James, is there's no accountability anymore. Everybody's a victim. Nobody should be held accountable. Well, that's how you have a tyranny. That's how you have a dictatorship. And so we're not going to allow that to happen in this country. And quite frankly, we've offered two solutions. Military tribunal will be best to hold those accountable. If we can't get that into operation, then the American people are going to have to decide whether this country is worth fighting for again as we did in the revolution. And uh, I believe freedom will prevail. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us. Michael Letts is with us from InvestUSA, and he joins us here on our big, big program. So how does this impact the public trust in our institutions, Michael? Well, it has a great impact. And let me tell you why. Let's just talk about the impact on crime. We have allowed this administration, along with its partnership with mainstream media, to put together a program. This is not happenstance. This is a well-thought-out program to make the American public feel that law enforcement are racist, they're buffoons, they have no idea what they're doing, they should be defunded, they should be eliminated. When we went down that path to begin to defund them across the country, violent crime spiked and increased. How did our institutions react? Well, we see it now. Our citizens are fearful. They're fearful to even go out. So where is this headed? Remember, it's a well-thought-out plan. The federal government wants to take over law enforcement nationally across this country. They've already said what their solution is. Violent crime is caused by guns. So they want to seize our guns, because you remember they can't control our populace as long as we're armed. 
So they're in their final stages of trying to destroy what's left of our freedoms, take it away, make us a third world country, make us a dictator or a tyranny. And I believe the American people have the same blood that flows through them that flowed through our forefathers. We're not going to allow it to happen. We have got a great guest with us today. Michael Letts from Invest USA is with us here on the telephone here this week on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So how can local law enforcement contribute to transparency? Very simply. And this is what I'm telling all of my law enforcement brothers across the country. It's time that we stand up for one principle, and that principle being truthfulness and being integrity. When you're given an order that's unconstitutional, I don't care whether the FBI being told to take false information to a grand jury, being told to take false information to a FISA court, your obligation is not to your employer to violate principle and value, but to stand up and say, no, I won't do it. We will not violate the rights of our American citizens. And I'm asking for law enforcement all across the country, local and state, to push back on the federal government. We will not be coward into violating the Constitution. Now is the time to stand and to help them stand. I'm asking every American in the United States to show their support for our first responders to say we will stand shoulder to shoulder in regaining our freedoms and liberties back in this country once again. We've got a great guest with us today. Michael Letts is with us from Invest USA. So talk to us a little bit about the organization and what Invest USA does. Invest USA was started 30 years ago to make sure our officers had the ability to protect themselves through bulletproof vests to come home safely to their families. At the time, 52% of officers had no protection. We got that down to 19%. That percentage of, of those at 19% unfortunately had what we call concealable vests, the vests you see under their shirts. Those vests are designed to only stop a, stop a handgun or a, a pistol. They will not stop a long-range rifle. So, unfortunately, our criminal element figured that out, and over the last couple of decades, they have targeted law enforcement with long-range assault rifles. Because of that, we had to create new technology called active shooter vests that have titanium plates. They will stop any round, long-range rifle or sidearm. But, unfortunately, because it's newer technology, 90% of officers do not have this technology. But I can assure you those that are seeking to destroy us do, the cartels, the uh, human trafficking experts, those pouring across the border. So we need to make sure our guys and gals have the fighting chance. Let's make sure they come home safely to their families. That's what the invest is all about. We have kind of evolved from just providing active shooter vests to now being a spokesperson or a mouthpiece for law enforcement. Because quite frankly, if we don't address these issues that society sees, the two-tier justice system, the corruption that we see out there, They'll have no respect for anybody with a badge, and that will be even worse. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. The fantastic Michael Letts is with us. He joins us here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So talk to us about some of your uh, various success stories with the organization. Well, I can tell you this. It's amazing, the stories that we have. Uh, let me share with one particular story, and this happens all across the country, because right now, as of this broadcast, as of today, the vast majority of law enforcement understand that their government absolutely stabs them in the back, does not support them. They don't know where the American public stands. But when you invest, when you have children giving 50 cents or a dollar, and the, the amount given makes absolutely no difference, but it's the support. When you have people in the street coming up and saying, Thank you for putting your life on the line, even though you don't know me. I've seen tough, hardened, 30-year vets, sergeants and all, break down into tears. Because they deal with the worst of the worst every day. They never get to experience the best of the best. But we're going to give them that opportunity. America's going to stand with us and show their support for our first responders, boost their morale, and together, partner together, we're going to make sure we protect freedom and liberty. We've got Michael Letts with us today. He joins us live here on our big, big program. So if people want to make donations or get involved with your organization, how do they do that exactly? They can go to our website. That's www.investusa, investusa.org, remember it's a charity, .org. All these programs.
programs, all the uh, commentaries are listed on there, as well as the opportunity to donate, as well as the opportunity to just tell officers, thank you for your service. Whatever you do, now is the time to stand for liberty and freedom, stand with our first responders, and together let's restore America to greatness once again. We have got Michael Letts with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So when you guys uh, put this organization together, what were some of your goals with the organization? Well, it's funny. I never envisioned, um, James, this being the case. I got involved. I was in public office. I was on council. Found out that our officers didn't have bulletproof vests, so I was determined to make sure they did from a government standpoint. I actually lost the vote on third reading, just funding them with vests, so I made a statement no politician should do. I spoke without thinking. I spoke with emotion and said, fine, that's the way you feel about it. We'll let the people decide. We started it just to fund uh, our local sheriff's department and haven't been able to find an extra strategy ever since, James. We have got Michael Letts with us today. Michael, thanks for making some time for us today here on BGE. Before we let you go, how do people make donations and get involved with your organization? Go once again to our website, org. Make a donation. There's also merchandise. You can get a hat. Whatever you want to do, just send a note to law enforcement saying thank you for your support. It's time we rally around our officers who are protecting your freedom every day with their lives and join them shoulder to shoulder in making a better America and a better future for them all. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, my friend. Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America. Have a great afternoon. Appreciate it, my friend. Another great edition of Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. You can get more information at buildgrowandenjoy.com. Michael Letts is with us today. He is our guest this week. He is the founder and president and CEO of Invest USA, which is a national grassroots nonprofit organization that is helping hundreds of communities provide thousands of bulletproof vests for their police forces through educational, public relations, sponsorship, and fundraising programs. He also has over 30 years of law enforcement experience under his belt, hence his pro-police stance for his brothers and sisters in blue. And for those interested in learning more about Let's's organization and everything that he has, check out michaelletts.com. That's Michael, L-E-T-T-S. Dot us go over and check that out today so michael let's talk a little bit uh here on bge about this this latest uh department of justice move against former president donald trump they basically are showing a double standard here give me a little bit of your take on what is going on with this situation my friend well, I will tell you you're exactly right not only is it a weaponization politicalization of the Department of Justice. But here's the, what we need to center on. The real problem lies, uh, James, is you now have your top law enforcement agencies. We'll take the FBI first, which we know from the Durham report uh, took information that was given by the DNC and by Hillary Clinton, vetted it. I mean, that happens all the time. We vet information all the time. The problem is when the response came back, it was proved to be unsubstantiated, first of all. And second of all, that was actually shown to be false. Now, what happens in a law enforcement investigation is we take that. If it's false, that's the end of it. You uh, put it in the key file, shred it, and you move on to the next thing. But the FBI took that information and validated it to be true and sent it over to the uh, FISA court. And so they took material knowingly and obstructed justice and hindered an investigation. That's a felony. So you now have the FBI committing felonies. I mean, the top law enforcement agency, not just creating traffic tickets, but they're actually committing felonies. Who oversees the Department of Justice? I mean, the FBI. Well, it's only the Department of Justice. The head person of the Department of Justice is your Attorney General, uh, Mary Garland. And uh, Attorney General Garland swore before Congress multiple times that he would not in any way intervene or interfere with the investigation into Hunter Biden. 
what we find out now is that we have whistleblowers from the IRS as well as from the Bureau. The Bureau said that the investigation has been on protocol, but the IRS has said that they were actually ordered to cease and desist, stand down on the investigation. That order came directly from Attorney General Garland. He has now perjured himself before Congress, and you know, for those who don't realize that, perjury before Congress is a felony. So both your two law, top law enforcement agencies in this country are not just going wild on politicalization or weaponization. They're actually becoming felonious act, uh, agencies. So that leads into what you were just asking. Those agencies now have demonstrated they're willing to commit felonies to push an agenda. So you have an uh, investigation that Congress is now taking, picking up the fact of uh, where did this money from China come from to go to Joe Biden? And is that why China is having such success with everything from putting fentanyl across our borders to spying on our military installations to having police uh, stations across the U.S. on U.S. soil? We could just go on and on about what the Chinese are doing. But is that why they're so successful? Because they own Biden. Sure enough, the investigation now shows that over $10 million and climbing, $15 million is the last estimate, has been paid directly to Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and others. Uh, for what? You know, if I pay you for something, James, I usually expect something in return. I don't just give money out for free. Same thing with the Communist Party in China. And there is no product that the uh, Communist Party in China ever received. However, there is ample evidence of policy decisions made during the vice presidency and the presidency that tremendously influence and positively affect communist China. So this administration is bought and paid for. Now, why do we say that? Because now take a look at where we're at with Trump. Trump uh, is uh, classification documents were assigned to a special counsel, not an independent counsel. There's a big difference. Independent counsel decides what to do and makes the recommendation based on itself and the evidence that it sees. Special counsel gathers information, prepares what they think is the case, but it has to be received the approval of the attorney general as to whether to proceed or not. Now, it's interesting, James, that the information we just talked about, the additional paperwork from the FBI, that you remember they stonewalled, they did not want to deliver to Congress. Congress finally said that we're going to go ahead and put you in contempt of uh, Congress, which would be another felony for the FBI and Director Ray. So at the last minute, they capitulated and said, we're going to bring over the uh, 1023 document that has been stating for some time, for years, quite frankly, that the Bidens have used their positions of influence to sell them for personal gain and sell out the country. Isn't it amazing that as soon as that piece of paper hits and we begin to look at it, same date, suddenly the attorney general decides it's time to issue an indictment and has a special counsel do that against Trump for his documentation. That's just, that's the facts. We're just talking about strictly what the facts are. Now let's take a look at the question you raised. Okay, you have Joe Biden, who has over 1,850 boxes, closer to 2,000 boxes, spread out over five locations, many many having classified documentation. You want to make matters worse, the classified documents, they, of course, they have tried to hide this, but it is now coming out, that we're talking about that we're missing, that we're in Joe Biden's place, all deal with particular areas of national security that guess who was representing those countries? Hunter Biden. Uh, whether it's dealing with Ukraine, China, or others. Now, where did he do those boxes, 1,850 boxes? They're spread in areas where, guess what? Hunter had his office located with his dad as well, supposedly, in a house uh, in, in the University of uh, Pennsylvania, wherever it may be. So there was ease access for him to take anybody at any time that he was representing as a client and have a cup of coffee. Oh, look what we found on the floor. Look at these four little uh, files that have been strewn across the floor. Let's pick them up and see what's in them. So we now have a very strong possibility that national security has been compromised. Now, let's take a look back at Trump. They say, well, he's got some classified files he shouldn't have had. Well, first of all, there's two distinctions here. We're talking about with Biden. Biden was vice president. Vice president has no discretion as whether to declassify or not. Trump was president. He has discretion. You say, well, I don't like that argument. Give me something else. All right, let's take a look at the second thing then. Vice president, on his documentation, when he's looking at him, he didn't secure them in any form or fashion. And contrary to what the mainstream media is saying, 
he has not forthcomingly handed over those 1,850 boxes. They're still negotiating. It's still dickering back and forth as to who's going to get what. They're saying, well, Trump obstructed justice. He wouldn't give uh, uh, the, the boxes or the papers back. Actually, the paper trail shows the exact, the exact opposite. They met in June. He showed them where they were located, offered for them to take them in and there. They declined. The bureau declined. Said, no, just put them in, a, in this closet here. Put an extra lock on it. We'll come back and get back with you later. Instead of negotiating, continuing in good faith, we'd like the following five, or we'd like them all, whatever they were going to ask. They just ordered a raid, and they did it for one reason. They did it to make sure that should they need to uh, create a negative image media-wise. Plus, here's what's extremely odd on this situation. We're talking from a law enforcement standpoint now, James. They refuse to allow Trump's attorneys or any of his agents to be present. So how do we know what they either took or what they may have accidentally left behind or brought in and left behind? We have no, no way of knowing. Uh, that was set and staged specifically. And, of course, now we have FBI agents that are coming out who were asked to be a part of that raid who refused. They were fired because they refused. Why did they refuse? Because they said, look, we have protocol, which they do, policy and protocol, to how we handle uh, search warrants, uh, document warrants, etc. This is so far out in left field, so far different than what we normally do. Explain to me the rationale as to why we're going to handle the call this way. They were told you don't have to ask those questions. You do what you're told. They said, well, you're violating your own policies and procedures. We're not going to do it. Then they were fired because of it. So you can see how Trump was handled totally different, continues to be held totally different. Um, Jack, uh, uh, that they have put as a special counsel who answers only to the attorney general, it's not an independent counsel, it's a special counsel, big difference, is known for his democratic views, for his democratic connections. And quite frankly, uh, this was their setup to when this stuff began to come out about Hunter Biden, they issued an indictment that afternoon to shift the focus. Uh, you got to give them credit. They had some success in doing that. Uh, instead of having the mainstream headlines talk about the what's in the document for Hunter Biden and what the House has been able to gather in terms of the bank records, the $15 million and upward of payments made to the Biden administration. So that suddenly went uh, back underneath the pile, and the headline was Trump has been indicted. So they're moving forward to try to make sure that they have total control and that they determine the narrative and how this election because it's all about the election things. If Trump would have never decided to run again, they would have cared less what he was doing. But because of the fact they're scared of him, they know that every poll shows him as being the contender, the lead contender for the nomination. And then every poll shows him beating the incumbent president, uh, Biden, by a significant margin. They uh, wanted to make sure they did away with that, which is a very scary thought for you and I, James, because if we have reached the point in this country where an incumbent administration can use the resources of its government, i.e. law enforcement, et cetera, and force a contender to be locked up and knocked out of a race, we don't have democracy. We don't have freedom anymore. We just lost it all. So that's why it's so important we push back. And I'll... Go right ahead, Jim. Sorry about that. We've, we, we've, no, 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 you're good. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Michael Letts is with us today. He is the founder and president and CEO of Invest USA. He is a law enforcement veteran, and he's with us today to discuss why President Joe Biden is being so well protected. So concern that Washington, D.C. is living under a double standard expands. Uh, give me a little bit more details on this statement, my friend. Well, it definitely has expanded. They are protecting Joe Biden at all costs. You say, how can you make such statements? Well, it's very simple. Let's look at the facts. We don't need hyperbole. We don't need my opinion. We don't need anybody else's opinion. You see, look at the facts. That's all the American people want is the truth. The truth of the matter is, is Hunter Biden's computer was discovered in 2019. And they've had it for years, four or five years. Never did a thing with it. Never opened up an investigation. Even though they they made a simple little comment, a little statement that, well, we weren't sure it was his. We thought it might be uh, uh, somebody else's we are, we are Russian disinformation. They always love to use that. It was pretty obvious who the pictures were. It was pretty obvious the emails were from Hunter. But that neither being said, they had it for years before the 2020 election came into play. 
never did anything with it, never bothered to move forward on any evidence that they have. That's the problem that you're looking at with the Bidens. And in fact, they go a step further. They are utilizing what they have with their attorney general and the Department of uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation to squash and to quell and to intimidate anybody who even challenges anything that the Bidens are doing. That's what we call a, a, a banana republic that has no place in the United States of America. We've got Michael Letts with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. He's a law enforcement veteran, and he joins us today talking about the latest DOJ move against former President Donald Trump. While Congress awaits the documentation by the FBI surrounding President Joe Biden's reported dealings with Ukraine, the Department of Justice has taken it upon themselves to indict former President Donald Trump regarding the possession of classified documents. So, Michael, one of the things that everybody's worried about is that this could derail Trump's run for the White House. What, what do you think about that? I actually think it does the opposite. What it does is it galvanizes the American people. You know, even if you don't like Trump, I mean, there are plenty of them that don't. To be able to get into a situation where the prevailing party can dictate who does and does not run against it, again, that is a banana republic. That's a dictatorship, and it has no place in the United States of America. So I think people are rallying, and you're seeing this in his numbers. His numbers are beginning to skyrocket. He was already ahead before. They're skyrocketing now. His fundraising is skyrocketing. Here's what is amazing when you look at that statement. We're not talking about people writing million-dollar checks. We're talking about mom and pops writing 10 or $15 checks. So the American people are galvanizing behind it. They look at it, many of them say, you know, I don't. he's not my favorite guy, or I don't really like this, or don't really like that. But you're not going to do this to our country. And if he's the one that they're willing to go after and try to make as an example, we're going to push back. We're, we have drawn the line. Enough is enough. We're taking our stand. So it's backfired on him, quite frankly, James. We have got Michael Letts with us today. He joins us to discuss this and uh, other details. One double standard is that Biden now has his own documents, including some found within his home, yet any attempt to investigate the matter has been shut down internally. All attention is focused on what Trump is doing. It seems to come down to Democrats showing immunity from accountability, while Republicans end up facing the fire through intense scrutiny and vilication. Uh, give us more details on this, my man. Well, here's what's interesting, because that's such a scary thought. We now have a party that is determined to stay in power at any cost. It is utilizing, it started off by utilizing the federal law enforcement agencies for politicalization or weaponization purposes. That was bad enough. What do we mean by that? By those words, or big words? It means they took federal law enforcement and had to come knock at your door, James, if you were saying the wrong thing on the air. Not necessarily arrest you or anything, but just kind of send you a message. We're watching you. You better be careful what you say. Well, with a lot of people, that's very intimidating. That shuts down a lot of discourse. But here's where they've gone now. They've gone to the step further. We just talked about when I initially started on your show. They've gone from politicalization to weaponization to being, being committing felonies to make sure that those in power keep their positions. They've lied to Congress. They have withheld or lied about evidence that they've had to make sure that they drive home and are able to somehow get their narrative to be seen as what should be done for this country. But their narrative is full of lies. So the question now then becomes, James, is I have people ask me this all the time. What are we going to do about it? We have got to this point now when your top law enforcement agencies in the country, along with the administration, have demonstrated that they are compromising national security. They are willing to commit felonies. There's only two things left. The only people that are able to right the wrong is a military tribunal and the Department of Defense, our military. That's one option. Or the second option is another American revolution. Neither one of those are where we want to be, but I'd rather have the military step in right now if that's where we're headed. We have got Michael Letts with us today. He joins us from Invest USA. And he joins us today talking about this and some of the other issues. Michael, of course, is a law enforcement veteran with over 30 years of experience under his belt. Let's is the president, founder, and CEO of InvestUSA, which, of course, is an organization that provides bulletproof vests to police officers through various charitable groups and sponsorships. His expertise is proving very useful in this matter today. So, Michael, is the Department of Justice just so hell-bent on getting Trump that uh, they're just 
basically letting Biden skate? Is that is that pretty much what's going on here? That that's it. And you know we're picking on Biden because obviously he's the current president now. But this has been going on for quite some time. It's not just an administration. It's a philosophy. It's a philosophy by those who are determined that we are the last bastion of freedom and hope in the world. We are the last thing from keeping communism to have world domination. China, by the way, is very clear, so is Russia, that they want world domination. We're the only thing stopping it. So if we're the only thing stopping it, what are you going to do to knock that out? And they're going full force to try to make sure that they remove our freedoms and liberties. Those that oppose them, what we just talked about on your show, they're trying to make sure they sideline them, get them out of the way. They'll go after, as they're already doing, how the ability to remove our firearms. And how are they doing that? They have created a scenario across the country that makes law enforcement look like racist, buffoons, idiots. Notice what they're doing. They're not talking about federal law enforcement. You're seeing pictures of local law enforcement, which is a riot. They're standing there not doing anything. You go, what in the world are we paying them not to do anything for? What you don't understand is they were ordered to stand down. And so they created an image. People said, well, let's defund them. So they've totally decimated law enforcement. They've, because of decimation of law enforcement, violent crime is spiked. People are scared. So the federal government's going to go in, never fear, we're here. And they've already said what the problem is. The problem is guns. They didn't say the problem is the people who use the guns. They said the problem is guns. So they will then go after and try to confiscate our weapons. Once our weapons are, are removed, we have no longer a way to defend our freedom and liberty. America will be through. It is Michael Letts. He's with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Now, you've noted how the Democrats seem to get off, quote-unquote, scot-free with immunity while the Republicans are left taking the blame surrounding what happened. Um, Where does this imbalance come from exactly? Is this Biden or is this the agencies or what is this exactly, Michael? It is, I want to say, it is the philosophy. And those people that you just mentioned are all implementing it. The administration makes the appointments to federal law enforcement agencies to make sure they carry out their agenda. Unfortunately, we have agents that are willing to carry out their agenda instead of carrying out the Constitution. And we have a corrupt court system. We've known that for some time. Our judicial system is two-tiered. We're not just about Biden and Trump, but we both know that those with uh, Democrats— who had connections and appointments to benches and the court uh, positions are treated very differently than the average citizen. And so you cannot build a society, a free society, a just society, based on an injustice and an imbalance, a two-tier justice system. So it's been all a combination of things. It has not been my habit since. It's been well planned out, well thought out. They knew what they were doing from day one, and they're accomplishing their end means. It is Michael Letts. He joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. The BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. You can get more information at buildgrowandenjoy.com. Michael Letts with us today from InvestUSA. Talking about the situation with Biden and Trump and all of these documents. Uh, One of the things that I find so strange, Michael, is that you would think... You know, you see all these movies, you see all these TV shows where you've got all these people keeping, you know, all these documents in, in different places. And, oh, my God, everybody just keeps it in their damn living room. <laughs> what is the deal with all that? <laughs> you know what is so funny about that is you raised the point. We The Congress passed the Congressional Records Act, which instead of talking about how they're stored, just simply told you what you can and can't take, James. Uh, you know, and uh, there is so much. I don't think as we came into an age, because in the older days when you were in, in, in presidency, you just wanted to run the country. When your term was over, you were happy to get out and go back to a normal life and some decency. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, there is so much that goes on and so much paperwork. And people are still so actively involved that they risk to keep their files that's why we had to create presidential libraries from which to house them, et cetera, et cetera. And being blunt, James, I don't think it's an issue the American people, nor you and I, for that matter, really concentrated on years ago. You said didn't see the need, but it's obviously there now. It is, it is absolutely amazing. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So, Michael, what do you personally think – 
the story is here surrounding Trump and these reported possession of these classified documents. Why do you think the media is trying to misconstrue it to the best that they know how? It serves their narrative. What is their narrative? Does they have to be in control? This doesn't work. They can't destroy what's left of America if they don't have the control and the ability to do so. So they can ill afford to be gone from the White House. They can ill afford to not control federal law enforcement. So they have directed all their guns, for, for lack of a better word, on trying to obliterate the uh, president of the United States. You know, let, let me give a little quick analogy to all your listeners and to those that are uh, putting their focus their guns on Trump. Let me give you a little reminder. This happened in our Revolutionary War, as you will recall, the writing of our national anthem. All the British warships, 200 of them, in uh, the bay focus their attention on one objective. That was the American flag standing in that fort because their deal had been worked. If the flag fell, then uh, Britain would prevail. And even though that pole was hit, people ran out and stood and held it and gave their lives to continue to hold it until the battle was over. The flag never touched the ground. And I will tell you, you run into the same thing, ladies and gentlemen. The American people have a deep spirit of freedom, liberty, we will not be coward. We will not be intimidated. And we will do the same thing we did during that battle to preserve our freedom. If you want to use Trump as the analogy of the flag, and I'm not necessarily saying you got to like Trump. It's the analogy of freedom. We will stand there and hold that flag, whoever falls, to make sure that we maintain freedom. We've got Michael Letts with us today. He is from Invest USA. He joins us live here on our big program. So what do you believe will happen next? Will the Republicans attempt to strike back with their own committee review of the Department of Justice, the FBI, or is this simply just business as usual as Biden continues to push for his own brand of justice? Well, here's what I think the directive is. The Republican Party, when I say the Republican Party, especially those in the House, since they have the majority there, are seeking to utilize, as they should, their position to provide oversight to start letting the American people know what's going on and how do we fix it? The problem that I see, James, is they are so good at sidestepping and, and keeping themselves in power. What do I mean by that? Well, let's use Director Ray. Now, anytime you want information, it's, oh, that's an investigation, and we don't have, don't have to provide you anything. We'll let you know any information once we get to that stage. It may take 10 years to get there. We're in an investigation. We're not going to cooperate. And they constantly do that. And so they, you have two options. In that particular situation, say, okay, you won't give me the paper, you don't get any money. Uh, that may be harder to do, to, to close down their funding. But you have to close down their funding, or you have to get somebody that has authority over them. The only people right now that have authority over the federal government, uh, our executive branch, would be the Department of Defense, would be our, our, our military. And that's why I think we need to engage a military tribunal that they cannot circumvent, they cannot politicize, and bring this matter to a closure. We've got a great guest with us today. Michael Letts joins us. So how do you think this is, this will affect the next election here, the, the, the 2024 election? I think everybody understands now what's at stake. Freedom is at stake in 2024. I actually don't think it will get to 2024. I think the Biden administration is losing themselves so quickly that uh, there will be changes before then. But I think the American people have now realize what is at stake and how bad it is. Many of them buried their heads in the sand quite sadly. They just really didn't want to be bothered with it. But I think now they understand if we're not bothered with it, we won't have a place to live. We have got Michael Letts with us today. He joins us from Invest USA here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So one of the things that I always love about your organization is that you guys provide bulletproof vests to police officers through various charitable groups and sponsorships. For folks that haven't heard you on our programs before, tell us a little bit about Invest USA and what you guys do. What we do is we make sure that every officer has the necessary protection to come home safe to their families. Uh, the cartels and those are now using uh, long-range rifles, which will not be stocked by a concealable vest. That's the vest you see under their shirts. We had to develop new technology with titanium plates called active shooter vests. Unfortunately, because it's relatively new, 90% of officers across this country do not have that protection. And we're determined to make sure they do. You ask, well, why you talk about this other stuff? Because, quite frankly, not only are we making sure they're protected with a vest, but we're making sure they're protected uh in the image of the United States of America, because if people don't respect law enforcement anymore, it won't do any good to protection. They won't care either way. 
So that's why we're involved with all these as spokespersons for all these other issues that affect law enforcement. So join us in making sure that we show our first responders that we've got your back. We're with you because they know that the government's not with them. They know that the government is using them as pawns and has no particular affinity or loyalty to them. So let them know the American people that you appreciate them willing to give their lives every day, if need be, to protect you. And in so doing, we'll make sure that they are part of what we're doing to preserve freedom and liberty across this great land. We've got Michael Letts with us today from Invest USA. He joins us here on our big program. So you guys at Invest USA have been doing a lot of different things with these bulletproof vests and, and some of these different things. Tell, tell me a little bit about how this process works. How, how do you, you know, get the vests to the law enforcement and, and all this? Give us some details. Well, we have, here's the great thing about Invest USA. It's, uh, we have corporate sponsors, sure. But the vast majority of our funding comes from uh, mom and pop in America. And what's so great about it is we can go to a community and say, these dollars were raised by the citizens in your community. This is how much they care about you. They care enough to make sure you want to go home. Folks, we have the lowest morale we have ever had in the country. And the only way to turn that around is to let them know that you care. And that's what's so great about um, Invest is it gives you the opportunity. It doesn't make any difference if you give 10 cents, if you give 10,000. Just make sure that you understand that we want to tell our law enforcement officers that millions of people across this country appreciate that you're willing to put your life on the line every day, save people that, quite frankly, many of them don't want, don't like you to begin with. But we're willing to save them anyway to preserve our freedoms and liberties so that we can all enjoy what this country was founded upon. That's what makes the difference. We have got Michael Letts from Invest USA. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA, buildgrowandenjoy.com. So, Michael, you also have uh, another situation and another thing that you're working with, RestoringJustice.us. Tell us a little bit about this. Well, Restoring Justice is kind of a spinoff of Invest USA. You remember I made the comment to you, if I put a vest on an officer, we can save him, his body, but if the uh, community doesn't care because they have no respect for him, then we've accomplished nothing. Restoring Justice, it's hard to respect law when it's being so used as a weapon against people it's weaponized by administrations or it's disregarded by certain people there's a two-tier justice system and a standard so restoring justice is a tie-in with invest we've got to not only protect our officers we have to change our judicial system to restore it to where it's, it provides liberty and justice for all that's the key well michael you have been fantastic as always my friend I uh, always, always loved chatting with you, and I look forward to chatting with you soon. Have yourself a wonderful week, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you for all you're doing for this country, James. Take care. Definitely. Thank you, man. There he goes. That is Michael Letts from Invest USA. And he joins us this week here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. You can get more information over there at buildgrowandenjoy.com. We will inevitably see you next time. Thanks for joining us here on BGE. And you can get more information on our incredible website at buildgrowandenjoy.com. You can also find us on Twitter, BGE underscore radio. And also, we are live each and every week on Blog Talk Radio, buildgrownenjoy.com. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of the program. Our guest, Michael Letts from Invest USA, michaelletts.us. And welcome to it. We will see you next time.